to episode 19 of United United. Dave here, and I'm here with Jem. Jem, how are you? Hello, Dave. I am okay, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good, Jem. Pretty good after the week of football we've had. Good. And it's actually been a very busy week, Jem. We've How's... had uh, a number of things to talk about to cover this week. We mm. had the FA Cup matches last weekend. Yep. We had transfer deadline day, yep. Carabao Cup, and now we've just had a round of league fixtures mm. just just finished. This is we're recording this at seven o'clock on Sunday evening, so we've just finished watching the Spurs Man City game, yep. which uh, yeah, at least said no, at least at least said soonest mended. That's what I'm going to say about that. So, uh, Jem, we're going to start, though. We're not going to start with the league. We're going to start with transfer deadline day. And, Jem, what caught your eye on transfer deadline day? Well, before I do tell you who caught my eye, Dave, Mm. I just want to check up on you because I knew you were getting excited about a certain someone maybe joining your club. Uh, And I saw that that didn't happen. I saw it didn't happen because he was sat on our bench for the next game. <laughs> uh, I know all the West Ham fans were really excited to see Sir Harry Maguire <laughs> in claret and blue. That didn't happen on deadline day. Dave, are you okay? I think we can. We can. Well, it's touch and go, Jim. We can just about survive, is what I was going to say. But uh, if you've been watching our defence lately, uh, with big Kurt Zuma out. With a knee injury. Cat killer. <laughs> cat kicker, not cat killer. <laughs> Get your facts right. Uh, he's he's out, so we're relying on the pace of Ogbonna at the back and uh, <laughs> on one leg. <laughs> but actually, we're going to talk about the pace of our new signing, Aguerd, or Aguerd, however yep. you pronounce his surname. Uh, and we'll talk about that later because what a tackle that was yesterday. Brilliant. If you saw that. Absolutely brilliant. It was. And we can talk. I also want to talk about Callum Wilson as well uh, and their podcast. So that's another, oh, little, another little teaser the Wilson, and, the Wilson um, Antonio podcast. But yeah, uh, Jim, in terms of, sorry, to answer your question, in terms of Harry Maguire, we'll be back in the summer. Well, it's, it's probably quite likely. You might pick up Jesse Lingard at the same time as well. <laughs> uh, a couple of people that stuck out to me, Dave. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Christian Eriksen got an injury, yeah. uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, so, Man United needed a midfielder. We signed Marcel Sabitzer, ex-Leipzig, currently at Bayern Munich. He's come on loan to Man United. I remember this guy tearing us apart in the Champions League <laughs> a couple of years ago for RB Leipzig. So, I welcome this signing. Uh, he's a pressing monster, and... He's being coached by Ralph Randnick and the national team. So it's a perfect fit, I'd say, Dave. Uh, well, te- tearing your team apart from two years ago, I don't, mean that's, I don't really rate those as credentials. I mean, everyone was doing that, weren't they? Uh, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. But that's what we needed, Dave. We need players that can beat the lesser teams. And that's what he was doing a couple of years ago against right. us. Uh, and hopefully that's what he's going to do, do for us now. Good. But anyway... A couple of other guys that stood out to me, Dave, were um, <laughs> there's a guy that signed for Chelsea, hmm. and there's, there's a few guys that signed for Chelsea. Yes, but on deadline are. day, there's a guy who signed for over 100 million, and I want to rename this guy, Dave, <laughs> because my brother can't take it. He's a Chelsea fan. We all know this. Yep. And they spent 100 million. And we've seen this guy play since transfer deadline day. We'll, we'll mention it. In fact, I'll mention it now. They play Fulham. Yeah. They draw nil-nil on a Friday night football after all this money spent. Mm. And this guy is now called, to me, Dave, Enzonzi Fernandez. <laughs> Ali doesn't like it. He, he fights against this. Oh, he's our best player. He's on the ball. He's beautiful to watch. Uh, there's already videos of this guy on Twitter, Dave mistake mistake videos after mistake videos yeah you know Ali, Ali's not going to be able to take it because he, he bites he's a Chelsea fan he likes to bite yeah uh but yes and Zonzi Fernandez remember that name because that's what this guy is going to be and Zonzi 
Stephen Nzonzi for them out there who don't don't know what I'm on about. <laughs> Stephen Nzonzi. Uh, you reminded me of him before the podcast. And what did I say? He's that <laughs> he's that useless attacking midfielder from Stoke, isn't he? Yeah. That really tall, useless guy who, who I used to watch thinking, how is he a Premier League footballer? In fact, how is he a, prof- a professional footballer? Uh... Incredible player. And he, you were saying he got a big move to Spain or something? He got a move to Spain somehow, Dave, yeah. Incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I like that. And Zonzi Fernandez. Um, incredible, isn't it? Incredible. I Do you know what? I don't think I've enjoyed a nil-nil game as much as I enjoyed that one for a long, long time because they were just floundering, weren't they? I just, I just loved watching Chelsea flounder around, not knowing what they were doing with, like, how much... How many million, 300 yeah. million pounds worth of talent oh, on the pitch? Too much. Or 600 million mm. on the pitch and in the squad, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't string passes together. They couldn't unlock Fulham. And actually Fulham had, I think in the end, they had, did they have more shots on target, Fulham? Yeah, I think so. They Mitrovic bullied them, really. And he nearly I'm scored. Sure. He nearly scored from the halfway line, didn't they? Yeah. Which would have been amazing. So I, I really enjoyed that game. I really enjoyed, and I, what I particularly endo- enjoyed was seeing Todd Bowley <laughs> putting his head in his hands, throwing his head back, getting really disappointed, or Tom Bowler, as I'm now calling Tom him, Bowler, because <laughs> it is like a lucky dip at Chelsea, isn't it? So like, buy a load of players, hope for the best, buy, and buy a few raffle tickets and see if we win something. So Todd Bowler, Tom Bowler. So yeah, absolute. Brilliant! Oh, I loved it. I, loved I was it. Actually, uh, well. Actually, speaking of Tombola, uh, <laughs> I was expecting Dave a big hijack from Chelsea for for a guy that's just signed for Leeds United. Yeah, uh, Western McKenney. Yeah, you could call him Northern McKenney, Southern McKenney, whatever, whatever sort of performance he's going to have. Mm. We'll see. But um, you know, having that US uh, nationality and. Mm. Being a US soccer player, um, I thought Todd Bowley might have swooped in for that one, but he did go to Leeds and, and stay loyal to uh, Jesse, who we will speak about soon. Jesse, we Marsh. will, we will, uh, and that's interesting because Jesse Marsh is, Marsh is assembling a little USA team there, isn't he? <laughs> he is, and I did do some research on Weston McKenney actually. Um, he's joined from Juventus on loan, is that right? That's correct, yes, and a couple of facts about him. He is a big NFL fan, and he wants to play in the NFL as a kicker, apparently. And he's also a big Harry Potter fan. <laughs> so I think what Leeds fans can expect is plenty of shots over the bar and <laughs> some kind of wand waving going on from the US of stateside international, Weston McKinney. So he should have signed for Chelsea. He really should. For Graham Potter. He really should have hooked up. He's Yeah, he really should have hooked up with... With Graham Potter. It was a perfect fit. It was. Oh, well. Uh, missed we'll keep that in mind for any uh, opportunities of puns that we can make there. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So where any other, any other transfers, Jim? Uh, not for me, Dave. You might remind me of some if, if you've got any. Uh, no, no. The Fernandez one was the big one. That was the one that uh, fascinated yeah. me. Okay. How they sort of forced that one through. I think, uh, what, what were the Everton transfers? Because they're, they're in dire trouble and they needed to get some big transfers in. How did they get on? Uh, your mum probably updated you on this. Well, Everton mm. got in an absolute gem. I'm not talking about me. <laughs> Sean Dyche. Of course. The manager. And, wow. What, a, what an appointment that is. We'll see how they get on. They've got a big game coming against Arsenal, mm-hmm. uh, which we do know a result of. I don't know why I'm trying to build it up like this, but I think this was a brilliant appointment. Uh, I love Sean Dyche. He's a Chesterfield legend. And I think... I, I just I, I'm just, I just love to see him in the Premier League. So we'll, we'll come back to him, but that, that was their signing day. But an outgoing from Everton. Mm-hmm. Big, well, a legend. Big Duncan Ferguson. Yeah. Got his... Uh, First job, first real job in management, right? I think. Yeah. Up into League One. His first full time manager's job, yeah. And he went to one of our favourites. One of the favourites. Forest Green Rovers. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting one because uh, 
they sacked their previous manager after a run of seven losses in eight games. And there's this chairman, Dale Vince, mm. who, you know, has, um, hang on, let me just, let me just turn something off, Jim, because I'm, I'm getting messages. I'm getting messages from, I'm not sure who from, but let's, let's get rid of them. Dale Vince. Probably Dale Vince, because, well, he hasn't heard what I was going to say about him yet. But he said that the, the recent run of form was not sustainable. They're a sustainable club, and the, the recent run of form was not sustainable. Um, but, and, and actually, he might have said that the um, Birchnell could have survived the poor run of form, but the um, final straw was when he was caught eating a steak bake in the car park. <laughs> so... He was out, Jem. And then what they needed, Jem, they looked far and wide, didn't they, for someone mm. with leadership skills, experience, and solid environmental and vegan credentials. Because don't forget, Forest Green Rovers are the world's most vegan club. Mm. And who who could they... They couldn't pick a better person, could they? Step forward, Duncan Ferguson. I, I liked what you said to me, Dave. A man that? that used to eat defenders for a living. He did. He used to eat them for breakfast, Jem. And he's only so far existed on a diet of raw meat. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. And what we saw, Jem, and I think you may have a comment on this, was at the unveiling, Dale Vince was there with Duncan Ferguson. Was it Dale Vince there, I think, with, with a couple of vegan burgers and said to uh, Big Dunk, you know, what do you think of these? And what did Big Dunk say? I'm not going to try and do his accent, but... um. It reminded me, Dave, of, you know, all the memes that you get at Christmas when yeah. you've opened your fifth Lynx Africa box set from your yeah. grandma. Uh, that's what his face reminded me of. <laughs> and he said, I'm looking forward to trying one. I don't think I've tried vegan food before, which is, that just backs up my statement that he's been yeah. living exclusively on raw meat. <laughs> uh, he went on to say, though, he said, they look lovely, don't they? Very nice indeed. Because that's the kind of thing Duncan would say. Very nice mm. indeed. And I look forward to eating that later. Uh, later being the operative word there, I reckon. Um, and what was interesting about uh, Everton is before they got Sean Allardyce, um, they <laughs> were scouring around for who could take over when they decided to get rid of, um, of Frank. Mm. And they, one of them said, well, could we get Big Duncan? And just as a caretaker again, and one another board member said, well, we've lost contact with him because he's now living completely off grid with some eco warriors <laughs> in the Cotswolds. That was very good. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> that's not my own work. So that's why we're saying it's very good. Um <laughs> So, you know, fair play to Forest Green Rovers that even recycling big old centre forwards now. Yep. After after recycling the uh, the water from the men's toilets. <laughs> to water the, I still can't get over that, to water the pitch. I mean, who wants to play on that pitch? But um, talking of recycling big centre forwards, see the link there? I, I do. I do see the link. There was a big recycled centre forward turned up at Old Trafford Midweek. Yep. Was it midweek or in the at the weekend? Oh uh, yeah, last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend, yeah. Andy Carroll. Jem, you must have something to say about his performance for Reading against your lot. Uh first of all, he's a striker. He's wearing the number two shirt, which is just <laughs> embarrassing for a start. Yeah, how's that happened? I mean Well, how... I saw a rumour on Twitter and apparently his little daughter it's her birthday. It's her birthday or something like that, and she asked him to have that number. Right. I think if uh, Andy Carroll's decisions are being dictated by his daughter, <laughs> then I think that says everything about him, really. <laughs> but then All the right. performance topped it off, Dave. Mm. He's a disgrace. He should stay recycled <laughs> because he tried to injure at least three of our players, and yeah. he successfully did injure one of our players and put Christian Eriksen out. Yeah. Till April. Uh, I'm not happy about it. Not happy mm. at all. Um, you know, Sabitza might be a great, it might be a blessing in disguise. Sabitza might end up being this world beater. But Christian Eriksen, how dare he tackle our, our precious diamond? You know, no one, no one can hurt Christian Eriksen again. 
No one. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an unwritten rule that you just can't hurt him. Yeah, him we've, we've seen others try to hurt him and then realise what they were doing and back out, haven't we? <laughs> we have. His, famous, team, uh, his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> his now teammate. His now teammate, who was at Norwich at the time. <laughs> so, but Andy Carroll showed no mercy. Uh, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy's heart stopped once. I don't care. I'm gonna just yeah. go in full force, take him out. Yeah, uh, Andy Carroll. What is he? He's the English Nicholas Bentner. That's what he is. <laughs> so I've got nothing else to say about him. He got sent off for two yellows. He should have had a straight red. To be fair, if the ref had anything about him, he would have sent him off, and that Ericsson tackle would have been avoided. Mm. But it wasn't because the refs. I, I've got a comment about the refs from the last couple of weeks anyway, but I'll save that for a minute. Um, yeah, he sent his, he gets his marching orders and he, he sent down the tunnel. All the Man U fans are laughing at him and we win the game 3-1. So we're through to the next round, Dave. Well, good for you, Jem. And Andy Carroll, you know, he is a legend at West Ham because in his, uh, how many years was he there? Five or six years. And he played, he got into double figures, I think, in terms of games, Jem, playing for us. <laughs> uh, and scored... Uh, several, or oh, maybe even five or six goals. So, a legend at West Ham. Mm. Who, who can forget the uh, bicycle kick? Uh, yeah, I'll give him that. Who, who can remember that bicycle kick? A few yeah. people can. But uh, I think, was that against Palace? Essentially. Let's hope, let's hope it was. Then Ian, Ian can remember it as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Andy Carroll, is he, is he past his sell-by date? That's that's the question. Like you say, he's um, he's been recycled, doesn't he? So, It'd be a good fit for Forest Green Rovers, just you know, being managed by another yeah, another recycled centre forward. So mm. Mm, indeed, or, or Forest. I thought you were going to say Forest because they sign virtually anyone, <laughs> don't they? Anyone that can walk gets in their team. So. So yeah, that was that was that FA Cup game. Uh, another FA Cup game that really caught my eye, uh, and it, this, as you would say, Jem, this brightened up our weekend, didn't it? Oh, it Sun- was last Sunday. It was fantastic. Oh man, Dave, I really thought we were seeing history repeat itself. Um, we had Kanate last man didn't get sent off. Yeah. Uh, we had one of that. You know what? We've said a couple of podcasts ago, we saw the worst VAR decision in history. Yep. We saw that in this game. Mm. I don't know if you've seen the tackle yet, Dave, but the Fabinho tackle. It is absolutely incredible. And I think we, about two weeks ago, we had the worst VAR decision in history. And then, or three weeks ago, then two weeks ago, we had the worst VAR <laughs> decision in history. And then last week, we had the worst VAR decision in history. Mm. This was an absolute disgrace. And what's, and you pointed it out to me, Jim. You said, just look at Fabinho's reaction. Mm. And he's just sitting there knowing he's going to get sent off. Yeah. You know, he's he's looking embarrassed with his hands up, just waiting for the red card. Uh, I mean, the and, lad's lucky he's not broke his leg. Did you see, this is an interesting one, the Howard Webb interview before the, must have been before the Fulham-Chelsea game the other night. Did you no. see this? No, I didn't. So they interviewed him before the game. He's now head honcho of the mm. referees. Yep. And he, they said to him, he talked in general terms about VAR and what it's what it's supposed to be used for, you know, i.e., getting decisions right. And then they asked him about this one, and he just said, "Yeah, we we got that wrong. That should okay. be right." So fair play, fair play, but that doesn't help, does it? <laughs> no. That that decision, it was still nil nil at the time, or one one, whatever it was. Yeah, and that could have, you know, that could have been costly. We Mm. could have seen a replay, Mm. and and you know, in the last round, Wolves were robbed of going through to the next round in that first leg. Yep, Uh, or whatever it was. Yeah, first leg. I can't remember now, but um, Liverpool got through. I thought Liverpool were going to get through this one as well. But luckily, Dave, a bit of absolute magic from a very, very special player that we have been talking about for a long time. Cairo mm. Matoma. Matoma. And what a finish that was, Jim. He's, oh, uh, he's class. He's, he's class. I think Joe Gomez was running for a hot dog in the car park. <laughs> it was sensational stuff. 
I'll tell you what, Brighton scouting system, that's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how they're picking these players up. So, Mitoma, winner, Liverpool out of the cup, and that's things you like to see, Jem. It is. Uh, Dave, I've got to mention Klopp, though. Um, mm. You know, it obviously wasn't fair for Liverpool. They had to play against two teams, Brighton and Hove Albion. <laughs> so, Klopp wasn't happy about that anyway. Um, but that's what it was. The key question, Jem, was it a fair result? Did Brighton deserve it? <laughs> they did. Yeah, they certainly did. They? they did. Deserved. And we might as well go, while we're here, should we just talk about, you mentioned Klopp. Should we just mention Klopp again? Let's do it. Because yesterday, I mean, what is going on at Liverpool? <laughs> yesterday they were away to Wolves. 2-0 down in 12 minutes. Alan Dawson gets a second. Because sadly, that's another transfer we didn't talk about. Uh, yes, yeah. West Ham had to let big doors go. And we send him away with our blessing, Jim, even though he's going to one of our, how can I say it, our rivals. <laughs> our rivals, you know, for our... Our plan to uh, just scrape into the Premier League, to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. rivals for doing that. I, I can't understand why that happened, Dave. I thought he was like, you know, the man at West Ham. You never given the credit he deserved, but he's. I thought he, he was like a silent starter. He had to start every game. He was silently starting every game, and he's just gone. He was the man at West Ham, Jim. But <laughs> it was. He's not anymore. It was personal reasons, Jim. Right. And, uh, personal family reasons. And we respect that, Gem at West Ham Family Club. And we found a we found another club that would take him off our hands and uh, give him uh, give him a contract nearer his family. So he went with our blessing, Gem. We love we love big doors. He'll always be a hero down at West Ham. Mm. And uh, to score a goal against Liverpool, yeah, we we were we were buzzing for that, mm. even though it was four Wolves against Liverpool. <laughs> And uh, then, Jem, they conceded a third goal in the second half. And Klopp, after the game, and lost 3-0, and Klopp, after the game, what did he come out and say? Well, yeah, I, you, 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 uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Dave. There was no third goal, uh, <laughs> according to Klopp, anyway. <laughs> because Klopp doesn't count that goal, Dave. Right. So, uh, if you can just show a bit of respect for Jürgen and his uh, wishes. <laughs> okay, so... That, 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 it finished 2-0. Uh, and Ruben Neves's goal, apparent goal, right. didn't didn't actually count because that was the only time that Wolves got in their half. So it obviously didn't count because of oh. you know, because of that. Yeah, that's according new, to Klopp, it's a new rule that he's brought in, isn't it? It is. It is. If they only get into the half once and score, it doesn't count. You know, someone one of my mates messaged me the other day uh, and he said, "You must be sick to uh, enjoy this Liverpool downfall." So I sent him a gif. Of me in a hospital bed on the on the air, really sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sick. I'm loving this Liverpool downfall. Uh, it's fantastic, Dave. I mean, who's not loving it? Apart from <laughs> Liverpool fans, who's not loving it? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And who've they got next, Dave? I don't want to give anything away here, but who've they got next? Who Liverpool? Yep. Uh... Oh, they are facing. What do you want me to give it away? Uh, let's hold it on. Let's hold it. Let's hold it for when we get to that club. Ah, oh, okay, okay. That's going to be a colossal game. Fantastic. Um, Dave, I want to go to the biggest shock in the cup from. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The biggest shock in the FA Cup from the last round. Yep. Um, you know, it sent shockwaves through the football league, uh, football world. <laughs> Globally. It, it was... You just can't believe these things. It's the magic yeah. of the cup, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Massive underdogs going away from home. Yeah. Plucky so, little team from London. Up to Pride Park. Yeah. Uh, Dave, your thoughts? Well, Derby on a fantastic run of, what was something like 18 games unbeaten. Mm. Uh, and uh, honestly, we... West Ham went up there. They stood no chance, really, West Ham. 
But somehow, as you say, Gem, the magic of the cup, plucky little West Ham. And it was televised, this. It was televised. Big TV game, Gem. This was mm. Monday night football. Big Monday night football game. ITV4. Yep. Half the nation couldn't find it because they haven't retuned their digi boxes or their smart TVs. And, uh, wow, what a performance from West Ham. They withstood the Derby pressure and recorded a 2-0 win, Jeb. Uh, Bowen scored again. And Antonio, Jem, he scored the second goal, the killer second goal from across from Bowen. Uh, brilliant header, brilliant far post header. I don't know if you saw it. Bowen was very clever because he could have just crossed it to Antonio, but he calculated he could hit it off as he crossed it to deflect it off the defender's leg. So it pulled at the perfect height for Antonio, who couldn't miss. And I don't know if you saw in this game, Jem, Antonio, did, I don't know if you watched this, Antonio did a bit of Burkamp-like skill where he pulled the ball out of the air. I didn't see that. Oh, no, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. He pulled the ball the out of the air and sort of turned and completely flummoxed the uh, defender, yeah. a bit like when Burkamp did that amazing turn against Newcastle. Uh, and scored the wonder goal. Uh, Antonio did this. Now, the only thing that some people might say, Jem, is that when you watch it in slow motion, there's a point where Antonio's turning, where he's looking around, (laughs) thinking, where's the ball? Where's the ball? And it just happens to drop right in front of him. But if you ignore that bit of the move, it does look amazing. (laughs) So, he is back. Yep. And talking of Antonio, just a little thing that's been drawn to been brought to my attention. I don't know how we've missed this, but you know the Footballers Football Podcast? I think that's what they call it. Uh Is that what they call I've it? I've heard of something along their minds, yeah. There's some podcast anyway, some that people reckon is quite good. Yeah. And it's uh Antonio and Wilson, Callum Wilson mm. chatting chatting football well Jem that's gone so well for the two of them just the two of them chatting it's gone so well that they've had to bring a facilitator in so there's now three of them Ricky Haywood Williams heard of him off the the radio apparently he's now the sort of host of that show okay because these two couldn't be trusted to talk football in any kind of coherent way without a host and I mean, Jim, I don't know what you think about that, but fancy that. Fancy not the two people not being able to talk football in a coherent and entertaining way. I mean, how difficult is it? It's not difficult at all, is it? I mean, that's embarrassing. It is. That's a shambles, to be honest. Because we, we do it in our sleep, don't we? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's second nature to us, Dave. Yeah, it's um, seam- seamless, isn't it? We, didn't, we don't need someone there, you know, asking us questions. We will get it out of each other. Yeah. We want the truth. We'll get the truth from each other. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you want the truth you can't handle the truth <laughs> yeah it's weird isn't it that uh, I mean their show must have been a bit stilted or boring or something unlike our sort of thrill a minute laugh a minute show that we do yeah I think I just think they're two has-beens that have yeah, you know they're just they're looking for attention aren't they mm. they, they want someone there to fluff them up you know, to make them seem like they're funny and, you know, they know everything. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even imagine trying to be like that, Dave. I couldn't even imagine trying to get all the attention on a podcast. No, so, um, no. or vying yeah. for attention with the other person. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not for us, not for us, Dave. Not at all. No, we're very respectful towards each other. Yeah. So, incredible, incredible. And, you know, I think they were talking about who was going to score in the big game, the Newcastle-West Ham that took place yesterday. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you saw this game, Jim, but yeah. West Ham, what a start from West Ham. Brilliant. <laughs> what a start. Absolutely brilliant. It started off where in the first 40 seconds, <laughs> four zero seconds, Newcastle scored. Mm. So it actually, it was comical, wasn't it? Because uh, Willock... Yep. Went down injured from yep. uh, I think then there was a throw in yep. and he was hobbling around. And then one of their players, I think is it Almiron, got yep. to the byline, cut the ball back to Willock, who miraculously recovered. Mm-hmm. The whole of the West Ham defence stopped and stood and watched <laughs> while Willock uh, rounded one defender and whacked it into the net. Fortunately for West Ham, a let off 
mm-hmm. ball had gone out of play. Almiron had, had in his cutback, he'd let the ball run out of play for a goal kick. Yeah, we were saved, Jem. We were saved. Definitely. So surely that was that was the warning, wasn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. That's it now. We, you know, we've had a really bad start. Yeah. Let's just let's just focus now. Been asleep. Been asleep there. We've had the warning. Now focus. We're this is this is we're up against it here. We're up against a rampant Newcastle team. Yep. Let's focus. So what happened, Jem? From the goal kick, eleven seconds later. Uh... <laughs> Go on. Well, <laughs> you said. It. That's exactly what it was. Eleven seconds from the ball being kicked by Fabianski. Yeah, the ball's in the back of the net. Callum Wilson. <laughs> Callum Wilson, slotting it back past Fabianski. Eleven seconds later, so we basically conceded two goals in the first minute, effectively. One of them, thankfully, disallowed. And it's like, whoa! I, I, I contacted a few West Ham supporting friends, and every one of them had turned off the telly. <laughs> Everyone said, "Well, we're watching the rugby now." <laughs> I've got to say I can't believe that wasn't a foul on Antonio Shaw had a hold of his shirt and he got all the way around him mm. you know it, in my opinion it was a foul mm. oh thank you but um, yeah I mean the defending from I think it, I think it's Timo Kerr he's oh my goodness he's just um, he <laughs> is the kind of player Jem that he is so bad for us. But what's going to happen, I'll predict this live on this podcast, he will end up getting a transfer to Fulham or Palace and he will boss their defence. <laughs> That's what will happen. <laughs> give, it, give it a couple of years when his contract's running out. We'll offload him to Fulham or Palace and <laughs> he'll be a superstar for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to have a good manager to get the best out of him, Dave, haven't you? Uh, he's like an agent who's been sent in to... Uh, Sabotage us, but it didn't end there, did it, Dave? It was a bad, it was a bad start. You take away that first minute, mm. and you know, it wasn't a bad game from West Ham. Actually, we did all right, didn't we? We did all right, and I was cursing Rice the whole game. Well, the first half, saying too negative, passing it back all the time, and then he started playing the ball forward, and actually, we looked very good. And apart apart from the final ball, uh, we could have scored a few goals. Mm. Um, isn't Ben Rama a frustrating player to watch? Very. Oh, man. The amount of wrong options he took yep. in the final third. Yep. But we got our goal, didn't we? Got the goal. We got our goal. Questionable uh, celebration. <laughs> he nearly fell over on his second backflip. <laughs> so, corner, actually, um, I was watching this with my daughter, Josie, and we got a corner. And Josie said, what on earth is Rice doing taking the corner? What is he doing <laughs> taking that corner? Just before he fizzed in probably the corner of the season <laughs> and it fell to uh actually interesting i don't know if you've watched all this i don't know if the listeners are even interested in this but there was a wrestling match going on at the far post wasn't there between trippier and packeter yeah and trippier seemed to be trying to just basically pin packeter to the post and the side netting off the pitch <laughs> which is an interesting tactic at the corner but um packeter managed to wriggle free actually a really nice bit of control as the mm. ball came to him from the corner and uh, stuck it between Trippier's and Pope's legs. So I believe the first goal that Newcastle have conceded in a long know, time a long in, in the time. league, definitely. Yeah. Then cue the celebration: two backflips, uh, one one where he nearly fell over, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was a, a packet of rice combination. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So we had we had further chances, but you know, one one. One one will take that gem, and that keeps us on uh, the treble is still on. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear there's positivity coming out of your camp now, Dave. It wasn't <laughs> looking. It was looking a bit doom and gloom a few weeks ago. So it was, I'm glad. It was. Thank glad. goodness we didn't sack Moyes. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's done us a favour. I'm glad West Ham, uh, you know, humbled them a little bit because. They're getting yep. a bit. They're getting a bit too big for the boots, and we've mentioned that before. But you know, I'm not going to talk about them like they're some kind of rivals because they're not. They're just. No, but uh, they have gone from relegation candidates a year ago uh, to top four and getting to Wembley, Jim, uh, which we talk about in the Carabao Cup. And just it does make you wonder how they've done that. Is, mm. is it just is it just the money, or <laughs> what would you say? Uh, well, I'm trying to come back. With a howl as well, but I can't, <laughs> he I, spotted it. I can't. I can't really. 
I don't know how, Dave. <laughs> I don't know how. Okay. But that does lead us nicely onto the Carabao Cup, doesn't it? Uh, and you had a game midweek mm. against Forest. Yep. And you were precariously, what, 3-0 up after the first leg? Indeed, yes, we were. And and also the other game was, um, what was the other game? Newcastle. Uh, Southampton. Newcastle, Southampton with our good friend Nathan Jones. Mm. And Newcastle were 1-0 up? They were... Was it 2-0 up? Yes, 1-0 up, I think it was. 1-0 up for the first leg, yeah. yeah. So, what could this be? This could be a big turnaround, Jeremy. We could be seeing a Forest-Southampton final. But, alas... Uh, Step up the Uniteds. (laughs) Uh, You know, Man United finished 5-0 on aggregate against Forest. It was such a boring... Mm. Two legger, <laughs> yeah. There's just no point in them games. Just play it one one leg. They need to change that in that competition. Yeah. And um, Newcastle, you know, we expected them to go back to St James's with a one nil lead and go and win and finish the job. They won two one. Mm. Uh, great goal from Trey Adams, by the way. That was a great. What a strike that was. Mm. And it was a bit nervy for Newcastle at the end. And yeah, uh, it was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the. They did interview Nathan Jones. Thoroughly enjoyed him whining away, mm. his, in his with his strange. Well, just his, just a strange, strange man, strange man. <laughs> he had another whine as well yesterday. Did he? He did. Yeah, after their loss to was it Brighton? I think it was yesterday, or maybe Brentford. I can't remember now. Brentford, Brent, Brentford wasn't it? They Brentford. got thrashed actually by Brentford, three 0 wasn't it? I think yeah, that was that was the one. Yeah, yeah Brighton played Bournemouth. That was it. Yeah. So three nil, three nil Brentford. Um, he said that he's accepted a lot of things what he wouldn't usually accept since he's been at Southampton from the fans, the players, and the staff. Oh, so um, so things are going to change. So hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> this is amazing. So I can understand he's been accepting some things from the players. That maybe you know, performance-wise, he's not happy with, and he's going to reset the bar and reset the standards. Staff, okay, that's interesting. So he's going to get into a bit of a bit of a tussle with his staff about standards. The fans, <laughs> what are you going to take on all the fans about they're not doing something right? Well, this is the Pep Guardiola tactic, isn't it? Attack your fans, <laughs> and they'll come out firing. So uh, I don't know what he, I don't know what he meant from this. I know he's had a few. Drinks. <laughs> we remember the city, the when they beat City in the cup, and yeah. had that funny interview with the, about the fans. Mm. You know, a lot of people doubted me and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's trying to get at. To be honest, maybe I we'll heard, find out. Well, I heard it's interesting because he who did he sub off yesterday? He subbed somebody off yesterday, um, and the fans were chanting, "I don't know what you're doing." You don't, you don't know what you're doing, rather. <laughs> well, no one knows what he's doing, so. Maybe that's what he's on about. Do not sing songs against the manager. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And he's going to go and sort every one of them out individually. He'll fill them in. <laughs> He'll fill them in, as he would say. Um, he's an interesting character, isn't he? Mm, he, did, he, is. he did warn me about him. Well, I'm glad that it's, it's starting to show. And like I said, <laughs> you'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so that's uh, that's the Carabao Cup. So we're looking forward to the the United United final, but not the right United United. Some dodgy knockoff United United. Yep. Newcastle versus Man U. That's good. That's going to be one for the ages. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Two teams desperate for a trophy. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean Newcastle have gone a long, long time since a trophy. The late sixties, I think. So even longer than you. You've gone, Jem. Well, I think they're the favourites because we have five games between now and that final. Mm. They have two. But your five games mean, um, well, actually, for both teams, anyone that's been red carded will make it, won't they? Yes, that's correct. So, Casemiro, is he back yet? Casemiro, he, well, we played Palace yesterday and we won 2 1. Right. Uh, Casemiro uh, played. And he was sent off. <laughs> so he's now got a three-match ban. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and you know what? This is going to probably start me on my run. I've only got a little rant about the referees, but they've been absolutely pathetic this weekend. Absolutely pathetic. And they're always pathetic. Honestly, they are. They are actually. I've never. I've never seen people in a job make as many mistakes as they do, and not get punished for it. Mm. You know, you speak about Howard Webb saying, "Oh yeah, we got that wrong." It's not good enough. You've got VAR in place now. You've got a video screen where you can go and check things, and they're still incompetent. They're still as useless as a reversing dump truck, whatever, whatever that that saying is. <laughs> um, I, I'm 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 sick of it, Dave. <laughs> because if Casemiro was getting sent off, okay, fine. He's got his hands around someone's neck. It wasn't oh, yeah. violent, but he's got his hands around someone's neck. Okay, I can see why you know they've said that's not very good. Yep. Uh, okay, if he gets sent off. Let's keep it consistent and let's send Jordan Ayew off. No, they don't even look at that bit. They've not even noticed that bit because they're just focused on Casemiro. Jordan Ayew comes flying in thinking he's the man of the man of the park and then gets shoved around by Marcus Rashford. You know, look at the guy's career. He's played at Palace and he's been stuck out on the wing for the last 10 years. He's done nothing. Uh, they forgot about him because he's a nobody. But no, they'll pick up Man United's star player. Sorry, and I, I, if you like Jordan Ayew, I apologise. But there's no consistency there. Pathetic refereeing again. I'm mm. sick to death of them. Uh, and they nearly cost us the game yesterday after a 2-0 comfortable lead that we had. Yeah, and then they pegged it back to 2-1 and we're all over you for the last few minutes. Yep. And, then, and then at the end, Sabitza mm. gets a tackle in and the yep. ref... I don't know, he must have seen a ghost. Because it was a foul foul from Sabitza, apparently. He played Rashford in, two-on-one, and pulls it back. There was no foul at all. Even the Palace players didn't even couldn't believe what was happening. Mm. So, Vieira wasn't happy with the refs. Tenag wasn't happy with the refs. I'm not happy with the ref. You know, I think it says it all, really, doesn't it? Well, not not all, because I am happy with the ref, because he managed to... The VAR people spotted the uh, ball out of play in the West Ham game. So, well done, VAR and the referee. You, well, the referee didn't get it right, but VAR intervened and got it right. So, well done, the refereeing team. Well, just, it's no point having a ref anymore, is there? <laughs> well, Jem, do you remember what we used to say? Robot refs. Robot refs. We haven't talked about that for a while, have we? No. Maybe it'll come back. Let's see how the next week goes. (laughs) Robot refs. You can pretty much do away, I reckon, with the assistants, can't you? Yeah. Because you could have um, Hawkeye ball tracking Mm -hmm. for the touchlines. And they've got that automatic. I mean, the World Cup, they had that artificial intelligence. They did. uh, Offside thing. Yep. Which they could do instantly. The 3D thing. So you don't need the assistants anymore. No. No. So we're one step away from having a robot ref. It will make football a better sport. We don't need them idiots running around the field. We don't. And are we happy for the robots to be taken over, Jim? That's one thing we just need to clarify. More than happy, Dave. I'd rather have robot football. It might be quite entertaining. Oh, to be fair, we already have. Harlan came in, didn't he? <laughs> he did. So that's already underway. It's like Terminator. <laughs> Dave, I just want to go off of things mm. Cup and Premier League at the, just for a second because there's yeah. a story that I saw and I did share this with you. Um, I, can't, I don't know how to pronounce them, so correct me if I'm wrong. Reims in France? Yeah. Uh, Reim. Reim. Something like that. Reim, okay, we'll say Reim. Um, their manager, young British manager. Well, I say British. He's half English, half Belgian. Uh, Will Still. <laughs> and he's the manager at Reem. Yeah. The fun fact about Will Still, yeah. Dave, is that Reem or Reem are charged yeah. or fined 22 grand every game that Will Still takes charge of a game. Right. Because? Because he doesn't have his professional license, oh. coaching license. Wow. So my question is, Dave, Will Will Still still be the manager next season or will Will Still still allow Reem to keep taking these fines? 
It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating subject, Dave, to me. It's a conundrum, isn't it? And I saw a training video the other day, and this guy, I, if people haven't seen this, go and see this, because he's doing a sort of like a, he's mic'd up doing the coaching. Mm. And he's got a couple of, I think he's got Balogun, the Arsenal loney, I think he's top goal scorer in that league at the minute. Oh, yeah. As a striker. So speaking English to him. Uh, but he's also speaking French to the French-speaking players. Obviously, Belgian heritage and all that. So, it sounds like two different people, Dave. When he's speaking English, he sounds like some lad from Essex. But then when he's speaking in French, you, you, you won't you be able to tell it was the same person. It's, mm. it's like Hugo Lloris is talking over there. So, <laughs> it's sensational, Dave. Will still. Will still. Okay. That's interesting, Gemma. I'm going to look up Will Still. I don't. Yes, I do remember you messaging me about this guy, but I didn't know all this detail. So this is fascinating. And I think we can elongate that sentence. I'll, I'll work on that uh, <laughs> to get it even longer. That's very, very confusing. Hmm. But thanks for drawing our attention to Will Still. Will Still. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, a quick one, Dave. Yeah. Villa, two. Leicester, four. Oh, yes. Embarrassing. Martinez, World Cup winner, shipping four to Leicester. Yeah. That has just summed up what he is to me. So that's all I've got to say about that. Four goals being shipped. Well done, you, Emmy Martinez. <laughs> when you said four goals being shipped, you meant he shipped in four goals. That's what, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I wasn't, I didn't quite sure. I wasn't sure if I heard you correctly, <laughs> but I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Any other, any other fascinating results? I think we've pretty much covered this game week. Or oh, did we talk about Everton? We didn't. Well, Debbie, step forward and take a bow. Uh, I can say at their household, Dave, it was a matchup that. Went down like war. Um, <laughs> mother is an Everton fan. Dad is an Arsenal fan. Um, as we know, my household is my family. We we've all got our our weird teams. Yeah, you've got. Is it? Do any of you support? So who you got? Ali Chelsea. Ali Chelsea. Dad at Arsenal. Mum Everton. And you, Uncle Derby. Uncle Derby. Uh, he wants us all to be Derby fans, but really, we all are united to be Chesterfield fans. Yeah. As well. We used to go watch Chesterfield as a family. But yes, I don't know why that happened, Dave, but mm, weird. It, it was a big clash. Mm. Everton and Arsenal. Mm. Dad fuming. Um, yeah. and Sean Dodge came in and wow Dave, you tell you tell me how amazing that was. Oh, it was um it, it was sensational. I mean Everton it's it's just incredible to think that that was the same group of players. It just it just really demonstrates Lampard's man management skills, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Interesting fact about Lampard. Um, I had a quote from him actually. He said that he was very proud. Uh, well, if I've got the quote here somewhere, he was very proud of what he and his staff achieved. They took Everton from 16th to 19th. <laughs> Quite incredible. So, and then. Sean Allardyce comes in, and in the very first game, he's turned them into a top six team. <laughs> Quite remarkable. Dwight McNeil, yep, playing, which was a big surprise, and playing well. And uh, actually, did did McNeil cross for the yeah. ball? It was a Burnley goal. A Burnley goal. Tarkovsky got on the end of it. Fantastic. And uh, yeah. This is, but Jem, we've been saying this, haven't we? We've been saying the action man. It, he was going to get his come up, come up and sooner or later. And mm. this is this is my prediction, Jem. This was always my prediction after this fast start from Arsenal. They've had their first nineteen games. Yes, they've done well, but they've got another nineteen games to go, <laughs> and they are just going to fall apart, Jem. They are going to fall apart. <laughs> I, I don't know who's going to win the Premier League because you got. Oh god, I, I'm tempting. I know what you're going to say, but you got you got Arsenal falling apart. You got City can't string two results together in the league. You got Chelsea are uh, just they're just playing a bunch of misfits. You got Liverpool imploding, a big Klopp implosion there. 
you got Newcastle. Yeah, okay, they're up and coming, but how are they going <laughs> to fight on all fronts, Jim? How are they? Yeah. How are they? And then you got some some other northwestern team <laughs> who are trying to make some kind of comeback. There is no standout team. There is no standout team. The one season that West Ham decided not to go for top four as well. <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> there for the taking. I tell you what, Brighton. Brighton, yeah. What about that? Yeah. Could do a, could do a Leicester. Yeah. That so, would be nice. That would be nice. Int- it's an interesting interesting season we've got ahead of us. So hard, hard to pick a winner. Yep. Before today, I would have said City. After today, not so sure. Yeah. And that is because... Harry Kane just became Tottenham's all-time go- top goal scorer and they beat City 1-0. Have I got to say something nice about that? Uh, I'll be, I'm, I'm wondering now, Arsenal fans must have cheered a Tottenham goal. <laughs> that must have been weird. And not one of his, what is it, 267 goals or something? Not one of them <laughs> counted for anything. <laughs> but, you know, fair play to Kane, actually. He's. Uh, this is. I'm not. I haven't got. I haven't got a joke up my sleeve. It, it is a pretty amazing achievement. I mean, the most amazing thing is why has he stayed at Spurs this long? But <laughs> to score that number of goals, you've got to stay at a club. Yeah, that, that's the real achievement. <laughs> that is the biggest achievement that he's managed to stay there that long. Trophyless. <laughs> well, they won the Audi Cup, didn't they? They won the Audi oh, yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. not forget that. Yeah. So, <laughs> well done, Spurs. But yeah, incredible game, and yeah, Spurs have got some sort of hold over City. Mm. It's really weird. They almost beat them the other week, didn't they? Two four, two yeah. nil, and then lost four two. Bottled it, bottled them, bottled them. Maybe it was because you know. I hope Conte gets speedy recovery and all that. Conte wasn't on the touchline. Nope. Maybe that inspired Tottenham mm. players. They weren't. They didn't have the the madman running around the touchline, <laughs> making them nervous and. Maybe, maybe that was. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, you just mentioned Everton and Lampard, Dave. Mm-hmm. It's actually the last bit of notes on my book. So, yep. Um, you may have other things to come in with after this, but uh, the Yank Lampard was friending on Twitter earlier, <laughs> and I think that was quite Jesse Harsh. <laughs> The Yank Lampard. We should have come up with that one. That's very good, isn't it? I think it's uh, disrespectful, Dave. You know, there's people out there calling him Ted Lasso and yeah. now the Yank Lampard. Uh, we, you wouldn't catch us doing that. No. No, 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 no we like Jesse. We like Jesse. I'll tell you what we really like. We like his uh, LinkedIn account, don't we? We do. We do. I haven't actually got any. I did look at this the other day because remember in the last episode, I read out he, uh, for any listeners that weren't listening last time, he. He's on LinkedIn and invited listeners to ask him anything about Leeds United, about managing Leeds United and being a manager in the Premier League because he thought it was all transferable, all transferable skills for businesses. And he got some weird and wonderful questions being asked. And he said he was going to get back to the fans to uh, answer these questions. Now, you know, when somebody asked... Will there ever be a boy born that can swim faster than a shark? I think he probably realised he's bitten off more than he can chew. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think he's answered any of the questions. So I don't know what to make of that. Well, maybe if they stay up, you might have a few things. But their next two games, Dave, <laughs> they play against Man United at home on Wednesday. And then, oh, sorry, Man United at Old Trafford on Wednesday. And then they play against Man United at Ellen Road on Sunday. So this could be the end if Ten Hag's men keep it up. It could be. Uh, Yeah, I mean, two Premier League games back-to-back. If they do lose both them games, Dave, and other teams around them, including West Ham, pick up a few points, uh, they're in big trouble. Mm. Big, big trouble. Quite possibly. We shall see. We shall see, Jem. And uh, interestingly, I have looked on LinkedIn and he's posted something. Okay. He, <laughs> he's The guy's mad. He's posted um, one of his favourite books. Okay. 
So he said, I'm a big reader, particularly when it comes to thought leadership. And I wanted to share a few favorite books and the thoughts and learnings that they've left me with. This is Jesse Marsh, manager of Leeds United. <laughs> He's posted the, this is a book called The Nine Types of Leader by James Ashton. Um, and it, what he, he sums this book up well, because he says, essentially, the book shows there are nine types of people who can become leaders. So, um, and his core traits were a combination of being a lover and a human. Oh, this, I'm not making any of this up. I'm re literally reading this from the website for the, for the first time. Um, and what he says here is, uh, I found this read particularly interesting because as a player I was so cutthroat and it was always about winning as a coach I'm focused on results but I'm more about culture nurture development and relationships and being honest that uh, oh and being honest this wasn't some something I anticipated I thought he was saying and being honest but no that he doesn't he doesn't focus on that it's just something he didn't anticipate being as a coach um, he still has a hard time processing a loss and processing a loss and it's always a big thing to overcome. But after a little time, he's able to get back to the core of what he believes in and who he is. And that is someone who connects with people. So that's his little post about the book. And the first reply is, P45 and off you pop, mate. <laughs> Second reply, underqualified for the job from day one. And yeah. as a Leeds United fan, I'm very concerned to learn that Jesse is more focused on culture than winning. It goes on. I mean, I could. Jesse doesn't know what winning is. Uh, it goes on. Uh, anyway, if you want a bit of entertainment, go and just read the comments. Jesse Marsh's post. Jesse Marsh's post and the comments on LinkedIn. It's quite incredible. I don't know what he's trying. What is he trying to do, Jem? Uh, it's just attracting heat to himself, isn't he? <laughs> Reckon he'll be gone by March. Jesse's marching in March. So there we go. It's uh, Jesse March is going to come under a lot of pressure, a lot of heat this uh, after these next two games, Gem. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yep. And interestingly, West Ham, we are at home. Guess who we're at home to? Ooh, I'm going to guess Brighton. Nope. Another, another team. Oh, a Brighton connection. An ex-Brighton manager, or Brighton ex-manager. Oh, no. It's the Chelsea boys. We're at home to the Chelsea boys, and I am taking Henry along to see this. Remember okay, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, this is payback for when he took me to West Ham twice, uh, took me to Stamford Bridge twice for, to watch West Ham, yeah. and we lost both times. So I'm hoping that Chelsea maintain their current run of form yeah. and play like a bunch of individuals. Yeah. And, uh, At least yeah. you'll be able to see Enzonzi in action. We will be. I'm looking forward to that. And Zonzi Fernandez. So that's going to be good. So that's that game. And did we preview the Everton game? Uh, no. We've got the Merseyside derby at Anfield. At Afield in Liverpool. At Afield. Liverpool. Liverpool. And, and Dave, we remember, I think we spoke about it on this podcast last season, Dice versus Klopp on the touchline, Burnley versus Liverpool when Burnley yep. won 2-0. Yep. Wow. Let's hope for that again. <laughs> I think it's nailed on. <laughs> I, I think I think Klopp. If Dive says something to Klopp, I think I think Klopp's going to lose it. I think he's going to try and swing for him. Oh, things he'd love to see. I mean, just be, I mean, Sean Dive should, you know, obviously destroy him. But I actually think I do. I feel sorry for Klopp. No, what? I, I don't. I, the question. No, I don't feel sorry for Klopp. I think what we need to watch out for, though, is how many times Everton get into the uh, Liverpool half and score goals. Because don't forget, if they only get into Liverpool's half once and score a goal, yes. it doesn't count. Yes, good point. Good point. In, in, in a half of football. So it might be 2-0 to Everton, but Klopp will claim it's 0-0 if one goal was scored in each half and Everton only got into their half once. Yeah. So we need to watch out for that. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah, yeah. This is new a new scoring... Uh, method has been brought in by Klopp that uh, he's not told anyone about except after the game. So we will we will watch that space with interest. Mm. Uh, I have nothing else to cover, Dave. Nope, me neither. 
I guess it's time for... We've got Inter Milan versus AC Milan for any Serie A fans oh. at 8 o'clock. Is it? Oh, yes. I might tune into that. So that'll and be... It's, a... it's 7.59 now. Have we just done another hour? We've done an hour. Oh, man. Sorry, sorry, people. Well, I mean, you know, we've had to cover two game weeks. You know, people have been anticipating two episodes. Mm. You've got two in one here, so... Yeah. Merry our fans. Christmas. Our fans have been anticipating. Our fans. Yep, definitely. Our fans. Hi, Mum. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone I know lis- listens to this anymore. <laughs> I think they thought that was... That's what you did. That was that mad thing you did last season. <laughs> the show never ends. It's football. Football never ends. Football never ends. All the while there's football, there's going to be us. Until COVID comes. That's, that's only when football ends. Yeah. And and we don't need a, a um, host. Uh, no, we don't need a host. Uh, we're not taking any applications, so don't even bother people. Um, <laughs> we're good enough without them. So on that note, it's thanks for listening, and see you next time. Goodbye.